0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves just by dialing in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL, C-A-I, toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Starting things out here tonight with a little bit of good news. I like to do good news when it comes out, and I think this one is... Better than the average good news. I mean, normally good news is like uh, some court made a decision somewhere that was the right decision. (laughs) It's so occasional that that happens that that's good news. We try to report on that when it happens. Right. Or, uh, you know, the politicians, for whatever reason, did the right thing in some particular area.
1: And and, and of course, (laughs) it's so rare that this happens that we get blamed for doing a show that, uh, you know, is 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 negative. negative or whatever. Yeah.
0: Right. Even though we're constantly proposing solutions for people and uh, I I think trying to inject as much hope into uh, the situation we find ourselves in as possible. Of course, uh, Nick joining us here tonight from Free Minds Media over at freemindsmedia.com. We'll tell you more about them here in a little bit. But this story, I think, really does show that there is hope out there. And it's from the BBC. BBC. Why would a former Guantanamo Bay prison guard track down two of his former captives, two British men, and agree to fly to London to meet them? You look different without a cap. You look different without the jumpsuits. With those words, an extraordinary reunion got underway. The last time Raul Ahmed met Brandon Neely, he was behind bars, behind a cage, and Brandon was on the other side. The location had been Camp X-Ray, the high-security detention camp run by the US government in Guantanamo Bay. Mr Ahmed, originally from Tipton in the West Midlands, was among several hundred foreign terror suspects held at the center. Mr Neely was one of his guards. The scene of this current exchange of pleasantries couldn't be more different from where they last met, a television studio in London. Also here is the or also here is Shafiq Rasul, a fellow ex-Guantanamo prisoner without whose Facebook page the reunion would never have happened. The journey of reconciliation began almost a year ago in Huntsville, Texas. Mr. Neely, 29, had left the U.S. military in 2005 to become a police officer and was still struggling to come to terms with his time as a guard at Guantanamo. He felt anger at a number of incidents of abuse he says he witnessed, and guilt over one in particular. There was no abuse at Guantanamo Bay. Highly controversial, since it opened in 2002, Guantanamo prison was set up by George Bush in the aftermath of the 9-11 attacks to house suspected terrorists. But it's been heavily divisive, and Barack Obama has said it has damaged America's national security interests and become a tremendous recruiting tool for Al Qaeda. Of course, let's just insert here uh, before the story makes it sound like Obama cares about the people in Guantanamo Bay. He is just going to move them to a different facility here yeah. in the United States. Because it
1: matters which prison they're at. It, you know, I, I just, I, it, it baffles me. It
2: baffles me. Well, I mean, it's it's a PR move. Yes. People have negative. There are negative connotations that people have when they think about. Guantanamo Bay so if we just indefinitely detain people and abuse them in somewhere Illinois else right in Illinois or wherever yeah. it ends up being then that's better
0: now Mr. Neely recalls only the good publicity in the. US media he says that the news would always try to make Guantanamo into this great place like they the prisoners were treated so great no it wasn't you know here I was basically just putting innocent people in cages so this guy has come to the right conclusions about what it is that he's done. And he was willing to travel across, uh, you know, the uh, Atlantic the world, Ocean yeah. to apologize to these guys. And there's video footage on this BBC story. We'll post the the link over at the, the BBS under the issues forum and the show prep for tonight. You can go and see them meet and and you can see him apologize to the two men. And it it was pretty good up until the point where in which the the victims here, the two gentlemen who were abused and imprisoned. They actually said, oh, well, don't worry, it it wasn't your fault. After this man apologized to them, it wasn't your fault, you were just doing your job. And I just thought, oh, man, wouldn't it have been so much more powerful if they had said, I forgive you, rather than, oh, no, well, it's the government that's at fault, you're not at fault, you were just doing as you were told, as though that's okay. Even
2: the prisoners are suffering from this, it's just your job mindset. Well, some of them are.
0: Well, those two, at the very least, I'm sure were. some
2: of them went back to their respective home countries and did start making bombs. That's there's that possibility, but this is an interesting story. <laughs> I, I, I certainly think being detained for several years unjustly, without a trial, in conditions that probably were awful, abusive. Yeah, it, I think that might really. Make me snap and want to and kill somebody.
1: And if you, um, if, if you were, I mean, there's certainly people that were innocently and um, in, uh, in incarcerated there, but there were people that are likely guilty. I mean, the, there were a lot. Of you don't know; who, they've
0: never been tried. Right,
1: I, I, that much is true. But um, the evidence is that there are. Um, they had evidence to put them on trial. C- currently, there are cells led by guys that were formerly in Guantanamo. And Where's what, the evidence for that? Um, Is that what they say on the news?
0: It's intelligence. The CIA claiming that? Are
1: you telling me that you think that everybody in Guantanamo Bay was innocent, you I don't know.
0: I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling you (sighs) I don't know. I think you're jumping to conclusions.
1: Statistically, they have to get somebody who is guilty. Do they? They,
2: Yes, they do. I I think Mark's probably correct in that there were guilty people there, but... We haven't been presented with the evidence against them. I think that's the problem.
0: Innocent until proven it's, guilty.
2: Right. And, and No, they're not. You're guilty if you're
1: guilty, okay?
0: And no, it, you're it, not. Yes, not if, you not are. If you, not
1: <laughs> from a legal standpoint, I understand, but you're guilty even if you get away with it.
0: Uh-huh. Okay. That's you, it. Yeah, sure. If you've actually done some harm to that's people. That's correct. Right.
1: And there are probably people out there – I was trying to make a point – you know, and and I can't even get to what through was that, it. Mark? The point was that even if they were uh, justly, uh, you know, caught or whatever, they were bad guys. That the fact is, what did they do while incarcerated to get these bad guys, you know, thinking that uh, the United States or whomever's, uh, you know, what, what were they doing to rehabilitate these people?
0: Nothing. Beating them. Who knows what else? The prisoners arriving on planes in goggles and jumpsuits from Afghanistan were turned by the then U.S. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld as the worst of the worst. But after getting to know some of the English-speaking detainees, Mr. Neely started to have doubts that all of them were fanatical terrorists. He recalls how when he and Mr. Ahmed chatted through the bars at Guantanamo, that they had a surprising amount in common. It was no different from me sitting at the bar with a friend of mine talking about women or music, says Neely. He would say, you ever listen to Eminem or Dr. Dre? And he threw off a little rap and it was just funny. I thought, how could it be somebody is here who's doing the same stuff that I do when I'm back home? Neely was 22 when he worked at the camp and left after six months to serve in Iraq. But after quitting the military, his doubts about Guantanamo began to crystallize. This led to a spontaneous decision last year to reach out to his former prisoners. And there's a little bit more to the story here. But what I think is, is most interesting about this is it shows that s- some people have been critical, for instance, of uh, those folks up here. in uh, the, We've got this wonderful movement called the Free State Project where liberty-loving people are getting together and getting active. And some of that activity has to do with civil disobedience, which has ended up with people behind bars. And there's been critique of those folks saying that, well, you can't accomplish uh, that much for liberty when you're behind bars. And I think this is a great story that shows that you can accomplish things when you are in prison. You can have an effect on those people that are running that facility. And we've seen that happen. Uh, there's a guy named Russell Canning who is one of the first activists to make the move for the Free State Project. He's been in jail uh, more than a few times. And there's a story that he was contacted by one of the uh, the guards that worked at the one of the prisons that he was in later on. Down the you know down the road a couple years, they wrote to him at, at his newspaper, the New Hampshire Free Press, and they told him about how. Their encounter with Russell, the guards encounter with Russell changed them and it it, it changed them to the point where they understood that, uh, you know, there was something seriously wrong with what was going on, that with what they were doing. And so that's kind of what this guy has been experienced. This guy experienced at Guantanamo. Oh, my gosh. These guys are people. They're not vicious criminals. They're people. Anyway, he said he said I was pretty uh, new to Facebook and decided to type in their names and see if, I can, if their profiles popped up, and I came across Shafiq's Facebook page. I decided to send him a little email. Released in 2004 after being held for two years, Mr. Rasul and Mr. Ahmed and another friend from Tipton had been captured in Afghanistan on suspicion of links to the Taliban. The three said they were beaten by U.S. troops, although this was disputed by the U.S. government at the time. After all that, the Facebook communique was a shock to Mr. Rasool. We'll get back to uh, this story here, and I think I just think it's great. 800-259-9231. There is hope that uh, people can change, especially the people that are working for the state. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live.
3: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. There are a million reasons to bake with Toll House. Find yours at VeryBestBaking.com. Whether it's sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving or burgers on the 4th of July, kids associate certain foods with certain occasions. Family traditions are important to them, so when planning your holiday or birthday menu, keep in mind what they like most and invite the kids to cook up a new food tradition. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version of webcam, listen lines, and more ways to get free talk live into your ears, all free at listen.com. Dot .freetalklive.com that's listen.freetalklive.com now are you interested in journalism and passionate about liberty well you can learn about print broadcast or investigative journalism by interning at a newspaper media network or state policy organization The program includes a week-long career workshop, stipend, and housing assistance. Receive mentoring and job search assistance during and after your internship. Placements are available during the spring, summer, and fall. You can apply for a spring placement. No, you can't. That's old copy. You can apply for a summer placement by January 31st at libertarianinternships.com. Our number here is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We're going to continue here this story and then get to your phone calls. Uh, the story is about a little bit of reconciliation, and apologizing from the uh, from one of the Guantanamo Bay guards to a couple of his former prisoners. And I just think it's uh, it's, a, it's a touching story that the BBC has put together here about how. This guy, uh, Mr. Neely, was working at age 22 in Guantanamo Bay, and of course he believed the story at first that he was told by his superiors that these are the worst of the worst, these are terrorists, these are evil men. Well, he started to talk to these supposedly evil men and found out that, well, they had a lot in common. In fact, he was talking about how they uh, they both listened to the same kind of rap music, for instance. He says, at first I couldn't believe it, getting a message from – and then he reached out to them afterwards, excuse me, on on Facebook. So wonderful little tool. By the way, Free Talk Live has a Facebook fan page. You can go to facebook.freetalklive.com. But how useful, how great that he could just go onto this website, type in the name of one of his former detainees, and up comes their page. He reached out to them, and they got together. He flew across the Atlantic Ocean to meet up with them and apologize in uh, Great is, Britain.
1: is a great tool um, just for, you know, the average individual to stay, and stay in touch with their family and friends from, you know, different iterations of their life, whether it's high school or college or, you know, whatever in the past. Mm-hmm. And it really allows you to stay in touch with these people and for them to sort of get a finger on the pulse of what you're doing and what they're doing. And I, It's amazing. I, yeah, It is. It is amazing. The world is absolutely changing around us.
0: I mean, back in the old days, you'd have to uh, manage to keep addresses for everybody that you knew, and the Christmas somehow, card list, right? The Christmas card list. You'd have to write them through snail mail in order to uh, to reach out and touch them. Now you can just friend them on Facebook, and then anything that you write in your little update status, all of your uh, your buddies get to see it if they when they log in and look. It's neat stuff. So anyway, it helped get these folks uh, together, the former detainees and the former uh, jailer. So one of the detainees says, at first I couldn't believe it, getting a message from an ex-guard saying that what happened to us in Guantanamo was wrong was surprising more than anything. To Mr. Neely's astonishment, he received a reply, and the pair began an exchange of emails. It was at this point that the BBC asked if both sides would be prepared to meet in person. They agreed. Several months later, the ex-inmates were sitting in the TV studio waiting to be reunited with their former jailer, but Mr. Rasool was having doubts. He was feeling conflicted. He said, there's a few in my family who've said that, who have said that – who have said, what do you want to meet someone like that for, the way he treated you? You stay away from him, says Mr. Rasool.
1: Yeah, this, I
0: I understand
1: where those people are coming from, but that kind of attitude is never going to bring the reconciliation that uh, that that people need to have love and freedom absolutely. in this
0: world. A- absolutely. And it's part of the reason why uh, we've started the uh, – some of us have started the police hugging squad here in Keene <laughs> – Uh, You you laugh about it, but it's the same thing. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's the same thing. Uh, These are people, the police are people who, they're human beings and they're doing a job. And unfortunately, that job involves hurting innocent people. But rather than harbor a bunch of hard feelings towards these folks, it makes more sense to show them love and compassion and forgiveness. And that's what offering them hugs is about. At the very
1: least, it's harder for them to beat the mentally ill, right? (laughs)
0: Mr. Neely had also been feeling uneasy, the guard. He arrived at Heathrow Airport ashen faced, pensive and reluctant to speak much before the meeting. Mr. Rasool and his normally gregarious friend were notably quiet as they sat in front of the TV cameras waiting for Mr. Neely to enter. No one knew what to expect, and the atmosphere was tense. After initially awkward exchange about caps and jumpsuits, the conversation turns to the reason for the visit. Mr. Neely says he thought that he'd thought about that moment a million times. He wanted to say how he'd felt complicit in their detention and acknowledge the wrong they were subjected to. But what were the pair doing in Afghanistan in 2001 when they were originally picked up? It's an excellent question. They explained that being in their late teens and early 20s at the time, they had made a naive, spontaneous decision to travel for free with an aid convoy weeks before a friend's wedding due to take place in Pakistan. Mr. Ahmed admits they had a secret agenda for entering Afghanistan, but it wasn't to join al-Qaeda Aid work was probably 5% of it. Our main reason was just to go and sightsee, really, and smoke some dope.
2: (laughs) Well, there's a lot of that in Afghanistan, (laughs) and it's pretty cheap, too, I imagine, if you buy it at the source. Does their former prison guard believe them?
0: Yes, says Mr. Neely, who says he thinks it was a case of wrong place, wrong time. Both sides are beginning to bond, yet towards the end, Mr. Neely has a confession of his own. It threatens to destroy the mood of reconciliation. He's deeply ashamed of an incident in which he slammed an elderly prisoner's head against the floor. Mm. Mr. Neely recalls that he thought he had been under attack because the man kept trying to rise to his feet, but weeks later he discovered the prisoner thought he was being placed on his knees to be executed and believed he was fighting for his life. Mr. Ahmed is speechless, then evidently conflicted as he wrestles in his mind with whether or not he can forgive. Eventually, he says he can now, this part they didn't include in the video. There's a little three-minute video at the top of this where they didn't include anything about forgiveness. It was just the, uh, oh, well, you're just doing your job. But should Mr. Neely be prosecuted for his actions? Mr. Ahmed pauses again. He realized, or He's realized that what he did was wrong, and he's living with it and suffering with it. And as long as that he knows what he did was wrong, that's the main thing. Afterwards, each, uh, each say they genuinely found some sort of closure from meeting. The sense of relief in all their faces speaks volumes, and they leave their meeting closer to one another. story will be uh, featured on BBC Two's Newsnight. Apparently the full version is, uh, is what they'll be showing on the BBC at, uh, I think that's tonight, over in uh, the UK. So love that story. I just thought it was great because it shows that you know there is hope for uh, for people on on both sides. Mark, you uh, and I think you and Nick are right that yeah, there's a good chance that some of the people that were imprisoned in Guantanamo Bay are going to go out and and commit violence. And sure, some of the guards will never be repentant for uh, for what it is that the, that they've done. But this shows that there are some some folks on both sides that can come together yep. and things can get better.
1: You know, I was talking. Uh, I, I, some on Facebook right got into it uh, with uh, you know a discussion with with some uh, republican sorts and it was regarding um, you know the war and all that kind of thing not
0: even they are hopeless and
1: i, I, I would hope um but you know the, the funny thing was is that it's it's like they were using ter- collective terms like "we" and "us" to dis- descri- describe the United States, and I always find that uh, you know it's difficult to sort of weave your way through that because, to some extent, I am a "we" in the United States, and to some extent, I'm not. Um, so, you know, I am on this landmass with the rest of you, and <laughs> we have the same government, but uh, it's. But it's you're not responsible for what's understood. Happening. But trying, you know, they were acting like everything began on 9/11. Oh and boy, typical. And I, I showed them a, a, a timeline of the history in the Middle East. They didn't even want to see that, you know. So it was, <laughs>
0: cognitive dissonance. If you, don't,
1: if you don't take responsibility for your actions in the in the in the circumstance, you'll never get freedom around
0: it. We can talk more about it here in moments. So you can chime in as well. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those features include updates. Get signed up. Keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Head over to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com.
1: Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a trademark, empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust, and also saving you a heck of a lot of money compared to uh, you know, going through the, the normal lawyer route. It's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL and you can save an additional $10 off your order. LegalZoom.com. Dot .com code FTL.
0: All right, we continue here. Take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. Frank is in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank.
4: Ah, uh, good evening, gentlemen. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to comment on Guantanamo and how really the United States under uh, Rumsfeld, Cheney, Bush, Powell and Rice set a really bad precedent regarding past treaties and conventions against civilian populations. What the United States did under international law, through its extraordinary renditions, was to illegally kidnap citizens of other countries within their countries without the consent of their governments. And what it means is that the Geneva Conventions that were passed after the Second World War and many of the agreements regarding uh, kidnapping and uh, have been violated by the U.S. government on the grand scale. If we look sure. at Guantanamo and the number of detainees that were actually proven to be terrorists, something like maybe uh, six or eight out of that whole group, and it goes to show how really badly the CIA did... Their extraordinary renditions, and as you'll notice if you've been following Italy over the last two and a half years. Wait a minute, years, Frank.
0: Frank. Frank. Before you go on. Go ahead. You said there were six to eight of the people in Guantanamo that were proven to be terrorists. Yeah. In what te- context? Because be there's not been a trial. Terrorists. And the rest. Wait. Wait, the rest, wait. 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 Under what context? There has not been a, a public trial for these men. So have they been proven to anything?
4: Well, the point is that's that that's basically what out of all of the hundreds or all of the thousands of detainees in Guantanamo in Abu Ghraib, we only have six or eight uh, quote-unquote terrorists and that's again according to the government
0: okay so, so I mean, mean that's just their claim then
4: yeah the claim but but here's the big thing uh, what's really bad is that these innocent uh, kidnappees victims of the United States hostile aggression, were waterboarded, tortured, all sorts of things happened. And if you look at what happened to those detained at Abu Ghraib, you notice that there was also sexual abuse as well as waterboarding, violence and different things. And six uh, American uh, soldiers and officers are actually doing, uh, you know, up to 30 years in Leavenworth for their crimes at Abu Ghraib. So what I want to say is this, uh, it really represents a low part of the United States regarding international law. And you have countries that are courageous, like Italy, that actually found 26 CIA agents and the station chief guilty of kidnapping uh, kidnapping innocent uh, residents or citizens of Italy, and they... They uh, held a trial in absentia because the CIA and the CIA agents were too cowardly to go into to take their uh, place at the trial, and uh, as a result... I mean, you know, you know, thank little Italy for doing uh, what major nations and what the UN should have done
0: so wait a minute, uh, so, those, so those people were found guilty, but they don't actually have to serve any time because they oh, haven't. No, gone no, to actually,
4: Italy? The, Italy is trying to extradite them, and they Whoa. know the station chief, and they have. <laughs> yeah. They, they have the a list United of 26 stations.
0: They,
2: they'll need the United States to cooperate, and the United States is not going to extradite agents of the CIA. That's
4: correct. But what's interesting is now that Obama has signed the Interpol law that gives Interpol the ability to be sovereign in this country, uh, what could happen is through Interpol, they could uh, bring the CIA 26 agents uh, to stand trial in Italy or to do prison time since they had their trial in Italy. Mm. So it's very I interesting. Wouldn't keep my, uh,
0: uh, I wouldn't uh, keep my hopes up for that one. Oh, I'm
4: not, I'm not keeping yeah. my hopes up for it, but the point is that's a legal possibility as to what could happen. And I think the United States really should be, well, one thing I want to say, Canada gave one of their uh, citizens or landed residents uh, to the United States under the terrorist thing. Uh, That person was held at Guantanamo, served several years. Then when he was released because he was innocent uh, and returned to Canada, he sued the Canadian government and they paid him $28 million dollars For for their uh, crime of sending him to the United States, Mm. uh, you know, considering they had no evidence against him. So that's what should happen. All of those detainees in Guantanamo should be able to uh, have the U.S. pay the millions and millions of dollars for, A, imprisoning them, and, number two, violating their rights and torturing them, which is against the U.S. law, the Constitution, and our treaties. And I think we should hold Bush... Rumsfeld, Cheney, all of them responsible, and I think we should have them extradited to The Hague to stand uh, trial for war
2: crimes. <laughs> I I, I, just, I, agree, I would agree with that. <sighs> Not that I like The Hague too much, but I, I believe they should stand trial for war crimes. I just don't think it... The, the odds of it happening are not very good.
0: Thank you, Frank, oh, and- for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. It, it's, hard, it's hard for me to, to agree with the last portion. I like the idea of, of giving these folks restitution, the ones that have been victimized. But I just – I'm not somebody that wants to get even. I would much rather just – not that this is going to happen, but I'd much rather just have the government go away and forgive them for what they've done rather than try to exact some sort of form of uh, retribution against the people that have done the, done the harm.
2: I can understand the point you're making. As somebody who doesn't think that government is ever going to completely go away, I think to some extent it does – ser- it serves a purpose to hold people who held political office accountable for the ills that they committed. It does. It does. Of course, the
0: only way you're going to be able to do that is to get your people into the positions of power in which they could hold those other people accountable. I think C- more certainly. likely
1: that it's going to occupy people's minds with, uh, you know, fan- fantastic uh, scenarios that are never going to come about, and you know, they waste their time wanting this this retribution right. that's never going to happen. George Bush and Rumsfeld and whomever is not going to the are not going right. to the Hague for I, trial I'll, ever. I'll agree
2: with that, but and, as as a moral point. It does not bother me that Nazi leaders were executed at Nuremberg at the end of the war. doesn't bother me either. Death
0: camps. But I wouldn't be involved in it personally. I, I would not I, want to have a, a hand in any of that. I
2: I I probably wouldn't mind, personally. <laughs> I'd probably be eager to help out with that.
0: <laughs> Let's go to Tom in New Hampshire. I think mm-hmm. he'd be eager, too. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live.
5: Uh, yeah, just wanted to raise public awareness about a certain uh, child safety issue here. What's that? Uh well, if a Girl Scout comes knocking on your door to sell Girl Scout cookies, that's strictly forbidden by the by their rules that they're under that have nothing to do with the what? government.
0: Wait, what's and, forbidden? Them knocking uh, it's on dangerous doors. Dangerous
5: for her. It's, it's dangerous for these days for a Girl Scout to go around and go knocking on doors selling Girl Scout cookies. Are you door serious? To door. Do, do you have uh, the, absolutely. How
0: do you know now, this?
5: Now, how do you know? Because uh, uh, my daughter is. A Girl Scout, and they are telling
0: that you're. Te- they are being told that they are not allowed to knock on doors. What if you're there with her? What if your uh, a parent is present? That,
5: that that's that's different. But uh, if she's just going around by herself, what you do that doesn't involve the government either mm-hmm. is you take a look at the order form and you write down who the troop leader is, and it has the troop leader's contact information, not the Girl Scout's own information. Okay, either for the same reason. And you tell the Girl Scout for her own good that you're going to report her to her troop leader.
0: Are you serious? Why would absolutely. somebody snitch on a little a nice little girl like that?
5: Because it, we don't want anything to happen to the kid, and it doesn't involve <laughs> the government. See now, what are you really being
0: serious? You really, you really mean that? Uh,
5: absolutely, it's it's uh, really for their own good that you would. Uh, report them, and uh, the no, government is going to get involved. What, what you got to do is... Well, I agree with not
0: getting the government involved, but I think this is a lot of overreaction. Thank you for the call, Tom. appreciate hearing from you. I think that uh, people are much more... Young, young people are much more at risk from their family members than they are the people down the street from them. There's well, more coming up. Don't
1: they here. increase that risk by going to the people's doors?
0: I suppose they do, but didn't you go to people's doors when you were a kid? I was the number one salesman for my Cub Scout troop. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll free number at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. And that's Free Talk Live dot com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier. For as little as three bucks a month, we'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show. And get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board with the program, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get perks like access to the AMP-only forums, AMP-only call-in lines, and more. Get all the details, get signed up with PayPal or any major credit card, or some of our alternative options. Had somebody send in silver, I think, recently. amp.freetalklive.com. Uh, as we continue here, I'm going to uh, just a little more discussion, I think, is, is warranted on what Tom was calling in about a moment ago from New Hampshire, pointing out that there's actually a rule for the Girl Scouts. And I presume something similar uh, exists for the Cub Scouts, because that's what you were doing back uh, when you were a young young man, Mark. You were going door to door. You were selling things on behalf of the scouting organization. And Tom says that the tickets, Girl Scouts tickets are to the uh
1: the, to the jamboree i, I believe it was it was this little get together the scout jamboree the, the scout jamboree as, as if, though
0: any of your neighbors going to want to go to that <laughs> as if any of them whatever want to go to this what what tickle me they sing is, songs and do skits and stuff like that it at wasn't the jamboree, even that right?
1: no it was like crafts and stuff really? so it's just walking around this this barn with some crafts in it. <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea why anybody would want to go to this thing but people would buy five at a time wow <laughs> just
0: cuz you're cute
1: right that was really the reason yeah. and i had no oh. idea the Cub Scouts said, go sell these things. If you sell X number, we'll give you a Boy Scout pin. <laughs> you
0: know? Boy, what a ripoff. At least the Girl Scouts are selling you something that you can eat. Yeah. Um, so th- basically he was calling to say that apparently now in the rules of the Girl Scouts is that when they're going around or when they're doing cookie sales, they are not allowed to go door to door without having parental uh, guidance, if you will. Now, it... It makes sense to me that a parent should go with their uh, their young lady to sell these cookies, simply because well, the parent might be able to give them some sales tips uh, as they're uh, as they're accompanying them and and help them in, in getting better at selling uh, selling the cookies and you know maybe walk them up to the door the first few times and stand there with them as they're doing it and then maybe once they get a little more comfortable, stay on the sidewalk as they uh, as they walk up to the door, but they're saying that uh, they they can't go alone. And I just think it's an over I think it's an overreaction. Are there stories out there of some Girl Scout or or Cub Scout getting abducted as they go door to door selling? Do you want these to be things? the first one? I mean, I I think that this is
1: I, I think that I would uh, prefer that people contact the parents of the of the child rather than the the scout leader because mm-hmm. I don't think that there's any reason for that level of of sort of social ostracism. But you know, if you, for whatever reason, want to contact the parent and tell them that you don't think that that should be done, then OK, um, I you know, I think that I think it depends. It, obviously, people need to be free to make their own decisions. And I think that it depends on the neighborhood. Clearly, I was right when I decided to go door to door back in 19. 19- 1978 or whatever it was are
0: there more uh, pedophile rapists now than there were back in 1978 i don't know no there are not um there is the same amount the same amount of danger if there is any uh, lies out there and i guess maybe you could make the argument that well your kids if they're out playing because parents aren't always out with their eight-year-old when they're outside playing right they're out there doing whatever it is they're doing, sports or playing tag or hide-and-seek with their friends, they're out there doing that, you could make the argument that that doesn't entice as much as, say, presenting oneself in front of the door of a, uh, you know, a pedophile rapist or something like that. I suppose you could make that point. But if if you've got a pedophile rapist that's in your neighborhood and they're interested in, uh, you know, in molesting children... I don't know if going up to their door or not is really going to make a a, a difference. I don't, Wouldn't they I, be out looking for their their next victim? I I couldn't tell you. I mean, I uh, I can see the fear.
1: Uh that the I can, I I can understand
2: fear. The, the concern that parents have and I think it's a decision that individual parents are going to have to make on their own. Like Mark said, I think it's it would depend on the neighborhood for one. If you live in a pretty rough neighborhood, it might not be the best idea whether you're concerned about pedophiles or anything else. If you're living in a small town and you know your your immediate neighbors anyway, it it's probably not that big a deal to let your kid go alone to knock on their door. How but much extra risk I guess, does walking up to the
0: door entail versus just playing down at the park? Try to imagine that the child
1: is a little pot of gold. And the question is, will the thief – will people that it wouldn't normally steal steal a pot of gold that's presented at their doorstep? Okay, uh, would, all right. You know, I mean I just I, – I, just, I don't know. I think that – it, probably in today's day and age, for one, there's customs, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that today's sort of custom would be to go to the, to the door in the media vicinity, um, or you know, go to the property with with the child as they go door to door. And yeah. I think that that, um, it, it makes the people at the door feel better and everything. I remember you remember the story of the little boy it's that true. I told you. can't
0: you. be accused of something if the other parent is there.
1: At the campground where the little boy said he needed help with his pants, mm. and um, I was the only one in the bathroom. He was asking me with help right. with help using. the bathroom. I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mister, I caught
0: my wee wee in (sighs) my pants. Right, he
1: needed help, and uh, I, I didn't even, I didn't even know what to do. Oh, man, I, the, that's the parents hard. were nowhere nearby. I couldn't look out and find the parents. I, I, I just, you know, the last thing I wanted was to Sorry, somebody to walk into the bathroom and say and see me fiddling with his
0: kids, kneeling pants. down in front of the <laughs> young boy. You know, and, and <laughs> I
1: think it's a reasonable
2: concern
0: to have. No, I agree with you, and, absolutely. Uh,
1: and I, you know, in that particular instance, you were talking,
0: you know, I. But just, it's a current concern based on the current state of society not anything else beyond, well, what will people think, right? and what people think may result in what they'll do. They could uh, lash out, they could yeah. call the cops, who knows. Right. And so the, I agree with you. This I is think the that
1: the same person that would let their 4-year-old or whatever, you know, wander hundreds and hundreds of feet from the uh, campground into a uh, a bathroom by themselves and um you know that kind of thing, it seems to me is the same kind of uh you know parent that would be more likely to lash out physically um at somebody who, you know, they caught, you know, they the just bee. jumped
0: to a conclusion. Well, yeah, I I still think that what makes the most sense is for the parent to accompany their child on a sales expedition like this, like we're talking about. I I think that's the most sensible thing to do, and you're right, it's certainly going to mitigate any kind of risk that is out there. Not only that, it'll help them in their their sales ability. So that seems to be the best thing to do, but I also think... The whole concept is predicated on this fear factor that is uh, is spread throughout society by essentially the mainstream media. Yeah. I mean, the fact that there are newspaper stories and television stories and sensational uh, reporting that goes on about – all know, pedophile rapists are out there. Look out. Keep your kids Lurking safe. Lurking around. Uh, it's just not the case. It's just not. Uh, with the, the people that are likely to molest your children are Uncle Bob or whoever it is that's in your family. But Grandpa the, or grandma. grandma.
2: I, I mean, that, that's certainly true. A big part of that isn't necessarily because family members are more likely to molest children. It's just they're around that's them a lot there. more. Right, they're true. They're around a lot more often. So if they're prone to have thoughts about molesting children, they're probably gonna act on them if they have a window of a few years to And do that. trust. Right. That that's that's there a factor that, yeah. as well. But so I guess I that doesn't necessarily negate the fact that if your child's going around knocking on doors, that is gonna expose them to more people. That's true. And and no, y'all have convinced they, me. I mean I don't.
0: Like I said, I think it's a good idea for you to go with uh, with your kids, no, but totally it's not necessarily it. the end of the world if you don't. So,
1: what do you think, uh, according to uh, you know, from from Tom's call there? What do you think that the right step to take if you find somebody who is uh, you know sitting their child around and you
0: think that that child may be in danger as a result? What do you what steps are you going to take? Oh, I would well, I wouldn't think the child was in danger. So I wouldn't do anything. It's none of my business. All right. You know, am I going to call their parents and say, hey, I don't think you're doing a very good job of parenting. You should be accompanying your child. None of my business. If they told their kid that they can go out and do what they're doing. What if they didn't? Why would how, I do you, st- how do they know? Yeah, I'm not going to snitch. All right. I'm not going to snitch on the kid. Uh, maybe if I had some sort of relationship with the parents, if I if I knew who the young person was and I felt like... You know, I wouldn't be overstepping a bound by uh, communicating that to them. But can you imagine just the uh, the gall that somebody would have to call up the, uh, a set of unknown parents and say, oh, I don't think what you're doing is right. That's, well, that's I think a what I would probably thing. do
1: is buy the little girl's cookies and tell her, hey, you know, um, as as you know, the purchase is going on, you know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of worried about
0: you going door to door. Shouldn't your parents be with you or something? Where's mommy and daddy? You yeah. could ask her. Sure, that would make sense toll free number, 800-259-9231. Plus, those Samoas are awesome. Our <laughs> Love number, those things. Our, when do they come out? This is it springtime, right? I have no springtime. idea. It's, I have no it's idea. soon. It's always just a surprise to me. you start
2: ordering pretty soon.
0: Okay, uh, all right, so we're going to continue here. Hour number two is coming up. I also want to tell you to take the StartPage.com seven-day challenge for seven days. Use StartPage.com instead of your big brother search engine. You'll experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines. And unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. Start the seven-day challenge today at StartPage.com. That's startpage. Dot com. Coming up here, there's more good news. We didn't get to all the good news today. There's multiple instances of good news to share with you. Uh, so we'll share some of that. And then some insane news from around the world. That's coming up. 800-259-9231. Specifically, uh, Hugo Chavez and what is going on down there with their currency. Hour number two is coming up. Bring up anything.
6: It's Free Talk Live.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Launching into the second hour of the program, you are invited to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line, 1-800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us Again, that's freetalklive.com. So i uh, going to continue here with some more good news because we've got it to report. Uh, there's a little bit of good news in the world of marijuana reform. In fact, in two places, in California, legislation according to the Marijuana Policy Project, legislation that would remove penalties – For adult marijuana use has been approved by a major committee in the state legislature.
1: Some penalties, but not all
0: penalties, right? Would remove penalties. Uh, It's the first time in U.S. history that a bill to tax and regulate marijuana ever made it to a state legislative committee, and it passed with a majority of the vote. Ultimately, legislative rules and deadlines are preventing the bill from progressing further, but the groundbreaking success in the Public Safety Committee is a signal that they're making big strides. For the first time, state lawmakers were forced to seriously consider replacing marijuana prohibition with legal regulation, and they said yes. So, a little bit of good news, but the better news is over in New Jersey, where, according to the New York Times, the New Jersey legislature approved a measure on Monday that would make the state the 14th in the nation. And one of the few on the East Coast to legalize the use of marijuana to help patients with chronic illness. Which, uh, the measure, which would allow pa- uh, patients diagnosed with severe illnesses like cancer, AIDS, Lou Gehrig's disease, muscular dystrophy, and multiple sclerosis to have access to marijuana grown and distributed eh, through By state government. monitored dispensaries. It's not the best of the possible situations, but it's something. It's a, it's a nod towards being compassionate uh, towards these folks that are sick, and I think that's, that's good news. Uh, it was passed by the General Assembly and the State Senate on the final day of the legislative session. So, waiting to the very last moment to uh, to finally do this. The governor of the state, John Corzine, has said he would sign it into law before leaving office next Tuesday. Supporters said that within nine months, patients with a prescription for marijuana from their doctors should be able to obtain it at one of six locations. This is one of the problems with this government distribution model, is that, Oh well we'll just set up however many arbitrary locations we decide to set up and all you sick people you can just come on out of your homes and uh you know get in your cars or maybe if you've got enough you know, if you've got friends who can do it for you they can go and and pick it up i'm not sure i don't know what how strict the rules are going to be if the patient himself has to go uh and, and do it but it, it says here patients should be able to obtain it at one of six locations. So the government just will arbitrarily yep. set up some distribution Six locations
1: centers. in the entire state of New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it'd be like if uh, the, the you know the New Jersey legislature decided to decide how many Outback Steakhouses they were going to have there. Pretty much. Uh, it, the marketplace needs to decide how many uh, you know locations that people can buy from.
0: Well, you remember what happened? Uh, the marketplace out in California, in Los Angeles, over a number of years. Went from something like you know a dozen mis- uh, marijuana distribution facilities to a thousand marijuana distribution facilities, and now they're trying to uh to, trying to essentially eliminate a bunch of them. The government is stepping in and saying, oh, this is too many. We need uh, we need to cut it down to size. You know, basically trying to protect their buddies that that are that don't like all the competition. Yeah, and something. that's I the way it, what the... the way it should be done is to just allow whoever wants to open up a dist- uh, dispensary to uh. To to do that, but nonetheless, this is government we're dealing with, and just the fact that they could even show a little bit of compassion towards sick people is worthy of, of mention. So, 14th state, New Jersey, Charles Kietowski, age 38, one of dozens of patients who rallied at the state house before the vote and, uh, and broke into applause when it was approved, says it's finally nice to see a day when democracy helps heal people. Mr. Kwiatkowski of Hazlitt, New Jersey, who has multiple sclerosis, said his doctors have recommended marijuana to treat neuralgia, which causes him to lose the feeling and the use of his right arm and shoulders. The MS Society has shown that this drug will help slow the progression of my disease. Why would I want to use anything else? The bill's approval, which comes after years of lobbying by patients' rights groups and advocates of some less restrictive drug laws, was nearly derailed at the 11th hour as some lawmakers, Democratic lawmakers, wavered, and Governor-elect Christopher Christie, a Republican, went to the state house and expressed reservations about it. In the end, it did pass by comfortable margins in both houses. And the story goes on to talk about how the state would help set the cost of the marijuana the measure does not require insurance companies to pay for it. Uh, some educators and law enforcement advocates worked doggedly against the proposal, saying the law would make marijuana more readily available. <laughs> you got to be kidding, right? You, you, what, they really think that it's not readily available right now? You think it's difficult for people in New Jersey or anywhere else to find marijuana? It's very easily accessible. In right.
2: fact, if you're underage, it's... It's e- more easily accessible than alcohol.
1: Right. And, Absolutely. And, and it's it's so funny to listen to uh, people that that are scared of the idea of legalization of marijuana to, to to confront that particular point. Your
2: kid can get marijuana more easily than he can get vodka. And that's certainly true. As somebody, who the kids was, will tell you. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who wasn't in the public school system too long ago, I wasn't somebody who smoked marijuana, but it would I could have gotten it the same day, no problem from several different people had you decided it. to start right <laughs> if i wanted to get alcohol then that was a much more complicated process
0: indeed some uh, some of these law enforcers and educators said that it would not only make marijuana more readily available but also more likely to be abused well how is that exactly how is it that having six distribution locations uh on the part of the state distributing this is going to increase any of that People have to go in with a the prescription. They go out of there with uh, whatever their prescription amount is for. I can tell you those doctors aren't going to be writing prescriptions for 20 pounds a pot. So I don't think that there's going to be any significant increase. As though some guy in a uh, wheelchair rolling in and getting a, an ounce of weed is somehow going to result in a whole bunch more weed being on the streets. Are you kidding me? <laughs> this is the This is the fear. It reminds me of a story that uh, Brad Jardis posted. By the way, there's an update in his case. Brad Jardis, the guy from Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, the one and the, one of the very few and proud uh, law enforcement uh, officers who's a member of Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, he has actually been reinstated. He went through his psych evaluation, passed with flying colors. And as of, I think, Thursday, he'll be back on duty.
1: I'm kind of surprised
2: they didn't rig that somehow. You know that Oh,
0: I'm sure they've got something planned well, for him it, now that he's it, back on duty. I mean, it
2: sounds like the hearing that took place, his termination hearing, it didn't go so well for the department. No, the because 60
0: Liberty him. activists showed up to support Brad. Yeah. That's why. And if, if those folks hadn't shown up, they would have probably taken him off the uh, the department, I would
1: bet Right, you. and this is um, this is really... What the Free State Project was sort of set up to to handle situations just like this, and uh, it went off great.
0: Yeah, turning the activists out. Anyway, uh, Brad had posted something about uh, let's see. So we were talking about I spaced out on this one. Uh, opponents. Pro- so the idea that there's all this extra weed on the streets. Brad had posted a story on on the thread over the Free Keen forum that he started about how the police in some place in New Hampshire were bragging about how they busted a pound of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> as though the streets were going to be so much safer and cleaner of marijuana because right. they took a pound one person can grow this in a in in their in their spare bedroom
2: yeah yeah i mean in, on, any in block, in a, on any given block in a you know any city it wouldn't be that unsafe to assume that there's a pound of marijuana within a Distributed block. Distributed throughout right. the households, you mean, yeah. or the actual pounds? I mean, because when you think, a lot of people have an ounce at a time, maybe a little yeah. bit more, that's 16 houses that have pod in them. It's not that many houses. Absolutely. No.
0: So just to, just to kind of give you an idea of the the cops were out there bragging about how great they're doing. That, oh, we took a pound off the streets. We're making a dent. They actually said they've made a dent in the marijuana trade. No, no. All you did was inconvenience a few people for one night. Maybe. Maybe. The people that were expecting to get some weed out of that particular pound, they have to call up their alternative dealer or, uh, you know, whatever.
1: You just gave business to a different drug dealer. Is all you yeah. did, um, and a low-level
0: drug dealer at that. Right. They're they're talking
1: about they were talking about uh, the this Mexican drug war. You know they they arrested some big uh, cartel guy down in Mexico re, re, relatively recently, yesterday or something like that. And uh, you know they're they're admitting right there that they that that somebody steps in and then somebody steps in and yep. then somebody steps in. and There's nothing they can do about it, but. They continue doing it. This is on NPR today.
0: Toll free numbers 800 259 9231. There's a little bit more here. Some more quotes from some uh, upset bureaucrats here that New Jersey has shown a little bit of compassion and will be allowing some of the sickest people to get their hands on uh, marijuana, presuming they can get out of their houses and get down and get it from the government distribution facilities. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Talk Live, and you are invited to take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. we give you the features on the site free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies that have taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. You can see them for yourself, and if you are a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the uh, Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. And by the way, the Shrine of Female listeners is brought to you by the good folks over at Manchester Brewing, manchesterbrewing.com.
1: The TOTASAC, go check them out at T-O-T-A. Sak.com. It's a cool little handle made of 100% recycled polymer right here in the United States, and it's for carrying groceries and all kinds of other carrying tasks. I found it to be very convenient in my life. I don't. I, I wouldn't want to live without Totesacks anymore. Um, plus, it makes a you know nice little personal protection device. Totasac.com. T-O-T-A-S-A-K.
0: All right. Let's continue with your phone calls here. We'll get back to the New Jersey marijuana decrim issue or the medical marijuana issue in a moment. But first, let's talk to Mark in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mark.
8: Hello. Uh, Well, I guess we're going to start talking about the marijuana legalization issue now, because that's what I called in about. Um, I I definitely agree with uh, you guys that it should be legal in an ideal world. I think actually in the under, you know, with the current government that we're stuck with, I mean, basically what would happen is you would have massive taxes and regulation and, uh, you know, the, the prices would shoot through the roof, basically. Uh, you know, I, I think Probably decriminalization is a better. Is
2: no, a better I agree with approach. you
0: completely. I, I well, don't think that even under taxing and regulating, that the prices could exceed mm-hmm. the black market rates. Right. That's
2: that's a that's the argument I was going to make. Is that because the black market adds so much to the cost of the product, even if they taxed it something like a thousand percent in a legal market where you had uh, free competition and growing it, it's it would be, be so cheap to produce that you know you might be paying fifty bucks an ounce instead of.
0: But can. that said, I still agree with you, Mark. I still agree that uh, decrim is the ideal situation. Legalization, just essentially. Right now the uh, the medical or the marijuana industry is in the hands of the uh, the criminal element and legalizing it just takes it out of the hands of the other crime gangs and puts it in the hands of the biggest crime gang, of course, the uh, the government. So I agree with you. If it's just decrim, then that just eliminates all the, the criminalization of marijuana, possession and use, and essentially allows the marketplace to,
2: to handle but we're not going to get the product. ideal solution.
8: Yeah, no, I think that I mean the prices would have to go pretty high before you'd actually see bl- the black market really uh, being a major factor. I mean, just like you don't see rum runners too much today, even though the uh, prices of alcohol you know are very much inflated due to the uh, taxation and everything.
1: Well, but but the uh, but the prices of alcohol being inflated, they're probably not inflated. Um, you know, a hundred percent over what it costs to uh, that it would cost otherwise without the taxes. Whereas with marijuana, you're talking about probably a thousand percent, if not more, currently inflated over growing a weed in your backyard. Oh, it's um, thousands of percent. Yeah, it's the, it, it's it's significantly higher. So, um, mm. you know, uh, alcohol well, no, certainly is taxed.
8: Yeah, no, no, I understand. I, I, I'm just sure that the government would probably. You know use the current price as a starting point and probably double it to you know they're looking for you know a way of raping us with their taxes you know any way they possibly can sure and actually uh in this state anyway, I know that the alcohol prices are probably about triple of what they would be otherwise just based on the taxation, and you know I don't know what you know probably regulation would add a lot. To about
0: too yeah i agree with that alcohol uh, would likely be fairly much more affordable than it currently is in the absence of well, all the ab- absurd regulations i don't know
2: how much more i mean at, at one point it depends on where you are because it, the taxation of alcohol and the regulation of it is mostly a state and local thing although there are federal taxes but at one point in this country it was far more common even after prohibition ended to have people producing moonshine it still happens But that was largely because there were tax policies in place in many places that did make alcohol so expensive, the the white market alcohol that was taxed and regulated by the state, that it made sense for people, especially people who didn't make very much money, to buy black market liquor because it was significantly cheaper. So if if there's enough economic incentive there, you will have black market activity pop up. I just don't know if that would actually happen if you had legal marijuana that was taxed in the same way that alcohol was. To be honest, I think we'd have a situation much like we have today with alcohol where, yeah, you do have to pay taxes on it, but I just, legal. I, I don't think that you, I think what you'd find is marijuana, it, okay, when
1: you look at liquor, um, to produce liquor, you have to spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars and a lot of time to produce your own liquor. To produce marijuana, you take some seeds out of the uh, out of the bag of uh, marijuana that you have and you throw them in your backyard <laughs> and you have produced marijuana. I don't think in a world where marijuana is legal and taxed mark, that either. they're really going to go around door to door looking for people growing that stuff in their backyard. That's,
0: that's not true, yeah. Nick. they're, they're that you can put more work into it and get better returns. Well, you return. still have to sex
2: the plants, right? I mean, you're not just mm-hmm. going to throw marijuana seeds out into the, in your backyard and well, just if you, leave them. if, well, so if, if there's if, some gardening involved, is what I'm not much. Could you,
0: you could just throw them out there, and then the plants that grow buds, you harvest those. Uh, they're going to have seeds in them because you didn't eliminate the the males, and the, you know they'll pollinate, and they'll, that'll create the, that problem. Well, but
8: that's basically, available uh, throughout most of the country anyway, it's called ditch weed yeah but it's you know, it's pretty very very poor quality
1: <laughs> well there is a lot of ditchweed growing around but you can still yeah. um, I mean you could you could take higher level plants you could grow these things in your house too if in a world where marijuana is legal and taxed um, then you're going to find a lot of people that want to grow their own um, in the same way that people grow their own tomatoes which are legal you know and and taxed to some level they're regulated at least.
8: Well, they probably have a license, you know, for you to grow it, uh, I would imagine, just like with everything else. I don't need
1: a license. I mean, what really, what are they well, going to do they, if you don't have
8: a
2: license? They might just make...
8: Well, you'd home, still be, it would still be illegal for you to grow. They I mean, might they just know, make
2: home murder. production illegal like they do with the production of hard liquor today. But what, they're not throwing anybody in jail for these. They, this if is the point. Still, in will. Michigan,
1: there are it's people that get thrown them. in prison for life for marijuana. When you're talking about a fine or something like that... Moonshiners still get busted in some places. What do they do with them?
2: They tend presumably to presumably f- send them to jail. No, or they find don't. Them. You, you can't. I mean, can't we I mean, last have a moonshine story on this show? Uh, one of our guys. Go- one of I our guys. Like a and a they guy came guy in and, and Took
1: his still. Big fat hairy yeah, it, deal.
2: It definitely. They don't have the war on drugs mentality when they're busting stills. It's but true. you can face years in prison for producing liquor at home. People will laugh at that. They'll laugh. Yeah, yeah. It. They'll laugh them out of court for this crap. If we can I, get I the
0: marijuana you, if you went to legal Star and taxed, you could find some stories about yeah. well, uh, moonshiners getting busted. Life
1: would be so much better. There's no reason to bitch about what life would be like if marijuana was legal <laughs> right. and taxed. I, I
2: personally, what matters to me is that it, we stop seeing drug users arrested for it and we get rid of the, the black market and the violence and all the negative things that go along with the black market production of the drug. It'd be a big step so, in the right direction. So if, no I think, I mean, if the government's going to tax it, it's... It's not a perfect world, but it's far better than what we have today,
8: yeah and I mean uh, as, uh, well, I think you know obviously uh, with deregul- uh, the proper kind of deregulation uh, you wouldn't see people arrested for
9: weed either
8: I mean you know you may be, maybe uh, you know I'm sure they probably try to want to find people who grow it or something ridiculous like that, but You know, uh, the other thing is that you know, uh, you know, with legalization, uh, you basically be giving more money to the government through taxation, so they could keep on growing the government, which is, you know, I don't like either. But
0: I agree with you completely. I think that. We can see decrim as opposed to legalization, but we've got to get the right people together, and I think that we might see that here in New Hampshire if we can get enough activists up here. Because we've actually had uh, de facto legalization by simply doing uh, de- civil disobedience. <laughs> I mean, here in Keene, we have people out smoking every day at 4:20 in the afternoon if at Central you, Square. If you're even, not on
2: Central Square at 4:20, though, you'll still get arrested for marijuana. There's
6: a Keene.
0: good chance of that. That's true. More coming up. Thanks, Mark, for the call. This is Free Talk Live.
9: Mm-hmm.
0: This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Those features, by the way, include our wiki with over 2,000 pages. Created by listeners just like you. W-I-K-I wiki.freetalklive.com
1: The public school system sucks off the productive capacity of hardworking people. And whether public education succeeds or fails, it fails. At providing real education to the public, the costs go up and up, year after year. There are no refunds. Oh, and it also destroys individualism and curiosity. School Sucks Podcast is a show about the end of public education. Visit schoolsucksproject.com to learn more schoolsucksproject.com.
0: We continue with your phone calls about what you want. We'll go to Anthony, listening in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Anthony.
10: Hi, Mike, Ian. How are you?
0: Uh, Mark's here, and Nick. So what's on your mind?
10: Mark and Nick. And I yeah. uh, I would like to bring up this subject of the philandering by uh, Clinton, Bush, and Tiger Woods. Okay. I, I'm so su- I can't understand why people are so surprised and shocked. This boo-ha-ha about their philandering. This is part of our gross, decadent, and misogynistic American culture. American
1: culture hates women? Huh? American culture hates women?
10: Oh, yes, the way they they abuse women, you bet, and and subjugate them submissively, you bet. It's exceedingly abusive, uh, misogynistic, patriarchal culture, just like the Muslims and the Hindus, don't get me wrong. But here's my point. I want to trace this back. Well, to wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. But before you go on there, I I don't know about the culture that you live in, but in the, the culture that I live in, uh, women are fairly revered and respected, and uh, you yeah, know, they they're treated well.
10: Oh, you know about domestic abuse, number one and two. You know about the the theological. Number one and two, test. what? Of Catholicism, wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Let's I take one and two I first. Domestic abuse. Do I, 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 wait a minute. Let's take one and two first.
0: Knowledge. Hang on. Before you just roll on through a bunch of points, if you, let's take one I, and two I first. Mean, if
2: you're talking about domestic violence from the numbers I've looked at, women are more likely to commit domestic violence than men. Absolutely. It's just underreported. You're putting me on. Really? Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
10: Yes. Oh, come on. Are you, you're
2: saying that tongue-in-cheek, aren't no, you, friends? I am, no, I am not. Uh, what I will tell you is that the justice system we, we have in this country, if anything, is more lenient on women than men. A woman can commit murder and is far less likely to serve as much time as a man accused of the exact same crime. So if you're going to argue about the way our society treats women, if anything, I would think that in the name of feminism, we've actually given women an ad- unfair advantage over men in the way that we handle relations between the two genders i I just don't think it's even fair right
10: but uh, and and i'll i'll criticize women too uh, after i trace this this problem back this sexism problem back to hugh hefner and the feminists in the 60s when hugh hefner came out with his playboy this gross decadent culture he's in what is octogenarian now and he's still walking around his pajamas and smoking his (laughs) foul uh, uh,
2: can you blame him
10: I think it's gross, man. It's embarrassing.
2: Well, now that he's in his 80s, it is kind of gross to me.
10: (laughs) But listen, I'll I'll get on a women's case because I told this to my uh, Jungian and and Rogerian psychologist here in Arcata, and she agreed immediately. When the feminists uh, had a decision to make in the 60s, when they said, hey, listen, men, you guys are cheating on us, but we can't cheat on you. So I thought rationally, uh, Mark and Nick, that women would maturely say, as as they did in uh, The Estrada or The Birds by Aristophanes, they're going to sex strike and said, if you cheat on us, we're not going to have a relationship with you. Instead, what did they do, friends? They said, if you cheat on us, we're going to cheat on you. Now, that was where they went wrong big time. What do you think?
0: Well, first of all, I think there's a problem putting all women and men into the same category as though they're all the same. Uh, women didn't do this and men didn't do that. There are some women who might have done this. There are some men who might have done that. So if we could just stop putting people in categories, well, this it's almost as bad as uh, as Scott the Bigot's calls, just this, in, a, in a different well, way. Well, to
2: some extent you do have to, I, I mean, if you're talking about the, the ideas here of what the feminist movement do, you did, you do have to generalize. I'll say that yeah. Uh, maybe maybe the way that people work isn't the way that you or other people might want them to work. But in general terms, I don't know. I don't think it's a, a difference of between men and women. I think that human beings in general, they're not prone to fidelity. Right, I and monogamy. That, no. I
1: don't think that the the human animal is entirely a monogamous. I'm not animal. saying monogamy is bad. Certainly, look at bonobos.
10: Yeah, right. I mean I'm not dirty, saying that mon- dirty
1: bonobos. I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying that monogamy is bad t- either.
10: That's dangerously and it's just in, not practical. It doesn't work in our society. Um
1: What's not practical? What what isn't practical? Uh
10: uh uh Uh, dangerous liaisons, uh, polygamy, uh, uh, multiple partners. It's it's promiscuity, and it's led to... Well, some people make it work. The condom is the glass slipper of our society. (laughs) You know, you slide it it on. The sexualized violence on television, the pornography. Hey, listen, I'm not a prude. I'm 66. I grew up in the 60s. But I think there's there's definitely something gross and decadent about the way we treat women, about the way women are unfaithful to men, and in the way it's portrayed on television, I
2: treat my women very women well. definitely—I think women definitely are objectified to a large extent in media. Yeah. That much in, is true. I'm not gonna—I'm uh, not gonna argue that one. I'll agree with that. I'm just not so sure that infidelity is that much more prevalent today than it was a hundred years ago. No, our communications
0: be, better now. It, it,
2: and it might—yeah, you don't—and it might just be that people are more willing to talk about it. It's not a taboo subject where, well. Somebody cheats on their wife with five other people and then we just don't talk about it because it's an impolite topic of conversation. Today it's going to be discussed like any other topic. So I, I think in part that's why it seems like there's so much philandering going on. I, there, there is quite a bit of it, but I don't know if it's any more th- than happened yeah. in years past.
10: Certainly not among men, but among women what? because the feminists what? made the decision to, to cheat men, on men. If the they men were having man, sex with somebody. Women, wait a minute. Decision.
0: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying that, that now that women cheat more because some feminists made a decision that now all women cheat more? I mean, this is ludicrous. Not every well, no, no, woman I'm, considers I'm not, I'm not herself – I'm
10: stereotyping. Huh? I'm generalizing, as you said.
0: Yeah, Look, culture, women and men have been cheating bro, on culture, each man. other we since a, time a, immemorial. And this Hang on is a second here. Let me get man. something We're through fast, to you.
10: Imperialistic, mis- Misogynistic, genocidal culture. We go to other countries and genocide people. Do you really exact, believe what, human what you're saying? Mineral resources, man. We got a shadow.
0: Far yeah, out, you know? man. Far out. <laughs> look, do you really believe what you're saying here that women... In the past cheated less often than they do today? That somebody made a decision in some feminist meeting once and now all of a sudden because women they cheat?
10: Because and, and the feminists made a deliberate decision to start cheating in the 60s.
0: Ludicrous. I think that's absolutely absurd. Women and men have been cheating on each other since time immemorial. Please. Do you have anything else for us tonight?
10: I've enjoyed talking to you, Mark, and you have a great new decade. Thank you, sir. Appreciate hearing
0: from you tonight. (laughs) 800-259-9231. Come on. Like, it's, as it's, though the decision that some feminist could make at some meeting well, in the 1960s would have any effect on people's sexual desires. That's why cheating happens. People want to uh, to experience, uh, you know, I'm well, sure there are lots of reasons, but of one of the reasons why is people want something new. They want to experience, uh, you know, emotions that they can't experience with their current partner. Well, that's,
2: that's probably – I would say that a deeper underlying reason is that a lot of times people will cheat because they're not too satisfied with the relationship they're in. I, certainly – The sexual attraction is part of it. It, it, That's the underpinning part of it. But I think think it goes deeper than that. And I'm not saying that. I think cheating on somebody who you've made an agreement to be monogamous with is a good thing. I'm just saying it's it's happened for forever.
1: And I think that the uh, whatever plan one might institute uh, or suggest for the um, you know the, the, the cultivating of, of, of chastity among women in, in today's society is really just objectifying them in another direction. Mm. It's just more objectification. You should be a good little girl. Right. Or whatever it is, you know, if, if whatever they're going to do, they're going to do. And whatever the consequences should be, should be the consequences. Um, you know, if, if some guy doesn't want to be in a relationship with her because she's a little tramp, well,
0: okay. I think people should communicate more about how they're feeling and communicate about uh, their desires and get it all out on the table rather than going behind people's backs. I think that would help, but it still isn't going to stop people from wanting to do those things. More coming up. You can bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Cheating or whatever you want to talk about. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Nick Mark, And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's Free Talk Live. Dot com as we continue taking your phone calls. But first, I want to tell you about Nick's website, Freemindsmedia.com. You can get uh, both Freeminds TV and Freeminds Radio, which are the shows that Nick is uh, the primary one of the primary hosts on. Uh, it's a once-a-week thing. You can get Freeminds TV, Freeminds Radio, both of them completely free at Freemindsmedia.com. And are you guys moving production times on uh, the TV side of things? Is that going to affect your, your viewers at
2: all? Um, moving our production times we won't. We're just moving it later in the night On Tuesday nights when I we see. normally record the show Of course it might It might affect my availability on this show I see. At least for the first hour so. Okay.
0: Uh, so people can go to freemindsmedia.com And get more content involving Nick Let's continue with your phone calls And go to Jason in Kansas You're on Free Talk Live Hello Jason
11: Hi Jason Burmes. how you doing
0: Jason what's on your mind tonight
11: Hey I had a question Not uh, really the question but more of a and along the lines, everybody's been pushing gold and silver, you know, for the past several years. And I've just started seeing copper um, showing up in mint websites and on the market. Do you have any uh, opinions on that?
1: Well, I've seen um, I, I've seen copper ounces. Uh, the Liberty Dollar was putting them out for a little while. And the Ron Paul one? Yeah, uh, there was one. a Ron Paul one. There's uh, There was a regular Liberty Dollar one. Um, I've always found them kind of interesting, but... Sure isn't as pretty. Well, nah. the, well it... <laughs> If they if if you don't keep them preserved when they when they come originally they look
2: great yeah but you have to keep them in, in like one of those little cases and because other little catch you can polish lines, right? yeah, yeah I mean you can polish them as far as an investment goes I mean I'm not an expert by any means I do know that copper is a lot more dependent on the economic cycle so it's it's got a lot of industrial uses it's not so much a precious metal per se. It's a metal that has some value. So when the economy takes a dive, economic output starts to fall and people aren't using as much copper, then the price of copper is going to fall. Whereas you really don't have that problem as much with gold and silver uh, from the way I understand it. So if if you're looking for something that will still be valuable uh, even during an economic depression, then I don't know that copper is the way to go. Mm -hmm.
11: Well, in saying that, and I'm— Probably going back, regressing more of the questions. But if and when the time comes that that does happen, that the economy goes, you know, down down the toilet, um, everybody was pushing, you know, buy buy copper, buy uh, gold and, and silver to protect your assets, so that you know, because gold and silver always uh, holds its value through the years. Um, if you was to, let's say, do the bartering, where you know, well, if I got to go down and. You know let's say, you know look going back in history when you know when in after wars when you know say like loaf of bread costs you know several you know hundreds of thousands of deutschmarks marks um, in Germany um, what would that, would that be the same thing where if I was to what would be the value do you think if I was to trade back and forth from from people locally that you know a farmer or I, I got a local dairy where I live um, a, a such things where would what would the value between you know persons So, you know, minus, say, you know, know, trade this, trade for that.
2: Well, I mean, I I think it would depend. The thing about barter is it largely depends on whether you have something that the the, the person – whether you have something that the other person wants. So if somebody has a loaf of bread and you have, I don't know, a piece of wood, if he doesn't want wood or, you know, then – that's not gonna be a very good trade. Especially was that the when question is though. Saturated with is that what you're asking? Or are you asking specifically about copper or something like or or gold got- or silver?
11: Well that was my that was my original question was your opinion on copper, but then I'm and then additionally I've always you know I've listened to you and, and uh Mr. Jones for year for quite a while and and uh, you know, we were always pushing gold and silver and I'm like, Well what's the, what would be the value of it if when the time that's that the economy has just, you know, gone
0: well, I would say it'd be the, probably similar to what it is today. I mean, because if you look at gold, for instance, over time—and you mentioned this earlier, Jason—is that uh, you know it has held its value. I, I was it the Richest Man in Babylon? I think is a little book that gives some real money basics, and it talks about how uh, way back in the day, a uh, you know a suit of fine clothes was an ounce of essentially was an ounce of gold, and today a suit of fine clothes is going to cost you an ounce of gold. Um, so it's very likely that in a uh, economic depression, it may cost you still an ounce of gold yeah, i
2: mean the, the the funny thing is that and i've heard people try to pick this apart as if gold and silver don't have value because they're just shiny metal without much practical purpose well yes sure. they are just shiny metal without much practical i think that's a question that you're at, at the root of it that's the question you're asking and for whatever reason human beings seem to have a pretty consistent demand for even if they're dirt poor trying to scrape by for these shiny metals and that's originally why they were chosen as a common means of exchange was that uh, it, ju- it simply simplified barter. Uh, not everybody wanted to trade you know, half of a chicken for a loaf of bread. That gets messy and complicated. It's much easier to have one simple means of exchange that everybody uses to square up, especially if you don't have something that your neighbor wants at that particular time. He can take that piece of metal that you give him and take it down the road to somebody who does have something that he wants. So if it they, value, they would hold up pretty well in any kind of a a great depression, I would think.
11: Right. Well, but if that gold had no value, I mean, or the I shouldn't say gold, but if the, that, that particular metal, you know, that had no value, I mean, that'd be the issue, though, I guess.
0: Well, it would depend. I mean, we can sit here and we can predict what we think will happen, but sure, in like, in any right. given situation. The question is, does it have value to the person who is offering the product or the service? And if that gold or silver is known in the marketplace that it will buy other things, then it likely will have value, unless that person, for whatever reason, decides that to them, gold and silver isn't worth anything. They'd rather get, you know,
2: a bottle of liquor from you or, or something like that. There's enough people who want gold and silver that it does. I mean, it, it, people. When you get down to whether it has intrinsic value or not, well you can't really eat gold or silver, but it comes pretty close to having intrinsic value in that it seems like people through all different kinds of societies and all different epochs in history have wanted the shiny metal. And I do too. I would trade you something of value for gold or silver right now, even though I, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm just going to hold on to it. And hoard it. hoard it. All right, right. Yeah. Um, we have
11: another, we have another time for another little question. Sure. Just for, okay. okay. So let's say that, um, that does happen, and, I, and, I've, and I've saved up all this, all this gold and silver and copper. And uh, do you think that um, that, a, that a grocery store or a hardware store would value that as a currency? What do you think if I was to go in there and say, well, you know, the U.S. dollar is completely, you know, turned up with toilet paper, and uh, I need to go buy, uh, you know, a couple, you know, hundred dollars in wood to rebuild a, the front deck of my house? would you think about going and say, well, hey, here is you know will this cost this much you know give you some silver do you think they would actually respect
1: that I would think so because um, you're, you're talking about a world that's entirely different than what things are like today so you're that's talking good. about how would big box stores react and I can't entirely tell you but you would think that if you brought them something of value they'd they'd go for it but I would like to point out that whenever I've brought the Liberty dollar um, I used to I used to try to use it on a regular basis the uh, the hard currency one the uh, you know the, the 20, ounce the, of silver yeah the ten dollar or the twenty dollar uh, one ounce uh, piece is the cashier would inevitably buy it. Every time I used it, the cashier would buy that thing and then... You sound like
11: a a mom-and-pop store, No,
1: I'm talking about Office Max and gas stations. Oh, really? I used it all different places, and it never
2: even hit the register. Right, and I think that that's part of the argument that bad money in circulation drives out good money out of circulation because people will hoard the good money and keep circulating the worthless paper, so... That's been my experience, too. And I've worked as a cashier. If anything with any kind of silver value, say a 1964 quarter, hit the drawer, I would immediately swap it out for another quarter because it has more value. I'm not going to
11: know the value of that, though. I've been in I've been in I was in a a gas station years ago and somebody went in and um, my brother in law is a uh, coin collector and somebody had passed off a couple of Oh gosh, what's a lira? I think it's Italian. Yeah, um, yeah, and it look it has the same size and feel of a quarter. And the guy gave him a lira, and, and this cashier wasn't even paying attention, and he just. Went ahead and took it. Well, but, know you what, know, rate everybody rate needs rate to be rate aware. Rate.
0: Caveat emptor. Uh, in that case, uh, Nick may know a little bit more about the history of coins. I may not know that about about uh, that. But if somebody comes to me as a, a business owner, as a retailer, and and uh, right now, or you know, in this future world, uh, the dollar is virtually completely worthless, and it's costing uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy a loaf of bread. And they say, here, I've got this ounce of silver, and I want to, I'd like to buy my groceries with it. It's going to be a no-brainer for me. And the worst going to get around that uh, silver and gold are holding their value and they're far more useful than this hyperinflating currency. I think there's been some real great questions. I uh, thank you for the, making the call tonight, Jason. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Unless, of course, the market can come up with something better as a, uh, as a go-between, as a medium of exchange, something better than gold and silver in that situation. Right now, that seems to be the best option. Will it
2: always be? You can have pieces of paper that are actually backed up by gold and silver certificates.
0: There's more coming up here. Hour three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? (sighs) Not long. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you and Nick and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Kicking things off by going right to your phone calls about whatever you want. It's Alex. In New Jersey, on the Amp Line. Hello, Alex.
12: Hey guys, a few uh, people in the chat room wanted me to call up and tell you guys the story. Um, I was uh, I service computers in the area, and a certain woman called me over to her house. She just bought uh, three new computers, and she wanted me to set them up for her. Uh, she has two sons. The one son is a cop in town, uh, and he has an anger management problem. Not you know not that that's related at all.
5: Gee, and, how uh, unusual.
12: Yeah, and the other son uh, went to high school with me. But um, she wanted me to set up those computers for her and her two sons. And I was working on the cop. The cop is named uh, Brian, we'll call him. Uh, I went and was uh, working on his computer in his room. See, the cop lives with his mom. And I, I set it all up, and I was just about getting done. I was installing some software, and he came home from his shift. And he came into the room, and he started undressing right in front of me, Uh, stripped right down to his boxers. And he went to uh, uh, put his gun in his safe, but he couldn't remember the combination. Being that he has an anger management problem, he started flipping out. Now, it's important to note that his mother is about 400 pounds, and she blocks the entire doorway. So when she came in to talk to me, he couldn't get out of the room to try and uh, figure out what the code was, or go to where he needed to go to get the code. And he, while I'm there, he just burst out um, at his mother. He said, "Jesus, effing Christ, uh, move the f out of the way! You're so effing fat!" And he was going on and on, and he was just, uh, just completely screaming at her. And it's one of those situations where you need to hold your tongue because you really want to laugh because it's absolutely freaking hilarious, but uh, you really can't.
2: You don't Um, want to get beat up by the cop who's angry and trapped in his room by his overweight mother. In his boxers.
12: (laughs) Yeah. And you don't want him to flip out and shoot me because he can't get the gun in his safe. But... It, it, it's quite amazing. He uh, he said to me that uh, I better behave in town, and he knows what kind of car I drive. And he was trying to act all uh, – uh, how, how, uh, not motherly, but he wanted to act like an older brother in a sense and say, yo, you know, I've seen you around town. You know, you better uh, use your turn signals and just stupid stuff like that. Why did that. he lash out at you? He didn't lash out at me, no, but he was he was – he was slamming his hands on the safe. He was screaming at his mother, just yelling all kinds of obscenities while I'm there in his boxers. And
0: during this tirade, um, he, he's he's saying things to you about how you better watch out, or was that in a different occasion?
12: That was before he went to go put the gun in the safe.
0: Okay. So, so he just it, decided just, to pick on you before he lost it.
12: Yeah. Okay. And it, it's, just a, it's just amazing to me how he—because when you see a cop— in his boxers, flipping out, calling his mom, uh, you know, and fat and stuff like that, it's it's really kind of, uh, it makes them seem more human. And I think it was a good experience because it shows that, you know, they're people just like we are.
0: Well, that much is true. Uh, how old is this particular cop?
12: No, he must be 22. An interesting fact is that this this woman, she put Brian through college selling junk on eBay. Hmm. Wow, which is just interesting side fact there, but it, it, it is, I, I think it's very important that uh, you know. I think everybody should see everybody else, um, you know, in in the house. Just, I think just because uh, it just makes them seem a lot more human and a lot more like they get angry too. They uh, they have problems in their life. I think that you know. I think those boy very do they?
0: <laughs> you should just talk to some cops. That'll be honest with you about. Uh, you know they' their co-workers and the various different problems they have cop have are notorious. an alcohol
2: problem and an anger problem notorious. And you're probably divorced at least once too I went
12: to go I went to go service his laptop even before he became a cop and the wallpaper on the desktop was a picture of him doing a cake stand.
2: Sweet not all cops Would are you? alcoholics certainly but they the, the proportions of cops who are alcoholics yeah. is higher than the general public.
12: And, you know, I I bet that he's done marijuana himself, and I wouldn't be surprised if he did, but he told me that he's arrested people at the high school for
0: doing it, and I think he's such a hypocrite. He absolutely is. Anything else you want to share tonight, Alex? No, thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you for making it. Oh, if you uh, think that
1: law enforcement officers at police stations or something have uh, have their own social dynamics going on, imagine when you uh, take correctional officers and give them cheap housing around a prison where it costs twenty dollars or a hundred dollars to live for a month, rather than you know, I mean this really? is really kind of, yeah, they, oh, they do that? Oh yes, they subsidize that housing. Well, if you can imagine, if there's some um, emergency at the prison, who do you want? Um, I mean, those are the first yeah. people that they call, so that's why they do that. Is that
2: just Florida though? I'm not sure that they I do can't that tell in you. every state. I
1: can't one. tell you. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, I I only
0: know Florida. So what goes on out there? Since they have all that extra money, they spend it on alcohol. Is that the idea? W- wife
1: swapping and crazy stuff. It's uh, <laughs> just the craziest <laughs> things you've ever heard of. Now you
0: heard about this from the correctional officer. I right? I
1: was their staff canteen operator. I was right there. So that's, you hear them talking I, about all the stuff see they the, did. I'd see the fist fights and uh, you know hear the the the, the arguments and, wow. and all that other stuff that went on. That's my wife, my wife. Well, I mean,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, I, to some extent, I'm sure, be, being that you're a government employee and that you do have a certain amount of power, I think that that people sort of self select for that, so you do get a certain personality type as a corrections officer, as a police officer. But also, when you have a large group of males. Spending a large amount of time together without a lot of females around, I, I think there's a tendency to be a little. Bit These people more had their blunt. wives
1: there. They lived in in trailers, right? there surrounding the prison. They had a they had a bachelor office, right? But quarter. not in the
2: canteen when you saw them, right? I mean, I mean, as far as what the stories they were telling, they might have been a little bit more blunt in front of you, is what I'm saying, because oh, yeah. they were working in a men's prison, and I presume most, if not all of them, were men. So well,
1: certainly not all um, by any stretch. They had female officers and they were st- they were basically safe because of the rules that would <laughs> the things that would happen to the inmates that, that went anywhere near them. It It happened that they got touched or molested, but it was rare.
0: Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. That is the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I think that one of the other things you'll find, because a lot of cops have anger management issues, is their home lives are fairly tumultuous, even when they're not necessarily living around uh, other cops. But, uh, you know, physical, domestic abuse and violence and things like that. And it's not fair to – I'm not painting all of them that way. They're obviously not all uh, that way, but it's just that's been my experience of, of knowing some of them yeah i mean
1: whenever you, whenever you make broad blanket statements like this you're always wrong some of the time i'm just to, you know, just relaying some of the weird, crazy stories.
0: Yep. Toll-free number is 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. It's very it's very interesting that so many of them are alcoholics or have problems with, uh, with drinking or really enjoy getting inebriated. And th- at the same time, they're out uh, arresting people who choose to alter their states of consciousness in other ways. So it's obviously not about altering one's state of consciousness. It's about that all oh, them drugs are illegal, so they must be bad.
2: Even though alcohol Well, is... cops bust a lot of drunks, too. I mean, they'll pick people up for walking down the sidewalk drunk as well.
0: Yeah, that's true, but I mean, not likely if
2: it's one of their buddies. No, not very likely at all. <laughs> then
0: they get the, uh, what, do they, what do they call it, professional uh, courtesy? Courtesy. <laughs> <laughs> Toll-free number 800-259-9231. Scott is in Massachusetts. He's on Free Talk Live. Hello.
13: Yes, hello, Ian, Mark, and Nick. How are you? What's on yeah. your mind, Scott? Uh, You're familiar with the term populism, aren't you? Populist.
1: Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, the idea that uh, p- 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 democracy, that uh, whatever the, the people want is the right thing.
13: Well, I hate democracy, what it's become. I hate capitalism, what it's become. A greedy, horrible, where people can't pay their mortgages, can't pay their bills. I'm talking about a battle between agrarianism, populism, if you will, and uh, and and Wall Street, and capitalism. And my heroes are people like uh,
0: uh you already went through your list of heroes I understand, on your but, last wait, I'm not, but
13: there's another segment of what i wanted to right. say we
0: can talk about what you want to talk about i don't care who your heroes are hang on 800-259-9231 last time he just rattled off a whole bunch of names and that doesn't mean it. 800-259-9231 but whatever his battle is let's get into that and see exactly what it is he's trying to say here in moments 800-259-9231 you can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything it's free talk live This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. If you choose, you may dial in at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Nick and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. Our brand new website redesigned from the ground up, FTL 2.0. Far more interactive than it has ever been. Uh, Far more community-oriented. You get to control the content that is on the website. It basically allows you to go and submit potential stories that we might use on the on the radio, or very the very least stories that you think are cool and that other uh, liberty-minded people might want to see. And then people, uh, the other users of the website, can either vote up your story or they can vote it down if they uh, if they don't like it. And as a result of who votes on what, there's different stuff will pop up on the front page of the website at Free Talk Live. Dot com. And I I just think it's absolutely fantastic. And people have been asking, well, are, are you guys going to use the most popular stories for your show? Maybe is the answer. Uh, I don't, I don't want to nail myself to saying, yes, every night we will use the most popular story on the website. That just won't make It, it just doesn't make sense. If you have something you really want to get out, call in about it. That's what this show is focused on primarily, is allowing you to call in about anything you want. But that being will,
1: said, that's where I'm doing my show prep these days. Yeah. I mean,
0: will we use our website as a show prep resource? Yes. Will the more popular stories be more likely to get on the air? Of course, they're more likely to be seen by us. So uh, there you have it. Freetalklive.com.
1: And Freetalk Live has uh, teamed up with Midas Resources to bring you great. Prices on gold and silver. Uh, I mean, you're probably looking at gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, or a barter currency in case things go really badly. And now you can get some of the best rates on the Internet. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check out the Montana Silver Reserve there, the Lakota Nation Silver Round, uh, British sovereigns, 20 francs, pretty much anything that you could want for gold and silver. Gold.Freetalklive.com, and if you um, are looking to like you'd like to do it, but you just don't have the money right now, we have a layaway plan um, with Midas Resources, and you can put a little bit towards, uh, say, 20 coins, 25 coins, because pretty much the shipping's the same on one as it is for 25. And uh, call this number 877-857-9938, and tell them you want to put a, you know, whatever on layaway. Go look at the coins at Gold.Freetalklive.com, pick. Pick the one that you like, get 25 of them, put them on layaway, and pay them off weekly or biweekly. 877-857-9938.
0: 1-800-259-9231 is our number. Let's continue with your phone call. Scott's on the line with us in Massachusetts. Scott, you were saying something about populism, and we ran out of time in in the last segment, so go ahead and get to what you're going to say.
13: What I'd like to say, gentlemen, is that there's a battle being waged now, whether you want to believe it or not between a super-government that we have now and uh, the the super-government is uh, composed of Wall Street, the greedy bankers on Wall Street, and also the Federal Reserve, on one hand, pitted against uh, the uh, folks on Main Street and the farmers. And there's going to be a populism. There has to be a battle, an agrarian battle, between the farmer, farmer labor, on one end, and factory workers on one end, and uh, and, and uh, Wall Street and uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, which which I will call our... When giant you say American there's
0: going to be a battle, covenant. what do you mean by that?
13: What I mean by that is evil bankers on Wall Street against the common folks and farmers on another, and it all centers around... Uh, are you talking about violence? So are you and,
0: talking about an actual battle? What are you talking about?
13: I'm talking about an actual overthrow of the U.S. government <laughs> that is not, that, that is not, wait, you could laugh all you want. That, why do you laugh? How you don't are you? You think that this government, there's been governments throughout history, gentlemen, that have been overthrown by the masses. Okay, and the American, by what means? The American, by what means? Yeah. We all know the government has, has weapons and everything, but the people elected these in, in the office. Mm-hmm. All of these legislatures that we have are beholden to to uh, Jewish interests to a tremendous extent. Well, you made yeah, it through it about a minute without bringing up uh, only the Jews. You're saying to read things, to read things, and I urge all of your listeners, if they want to get enlightened, and if now, they want minute, to what, know...
0: Is it possible uh, in, your, in your mind that Jewish people could actually be farmers and factory workers? Absolutely not. What? Absolutely not. <laughs> they are the enslavers. They control Ludicrous. the banks. They control Do you understand how absurd you sound? And, well, let me
13: tell you something. If you don't believe me, then you need to get educated. You need to have all of your listeners read the protocols <laughs> of no, the learned elder desires. No, no, it's a bunch of garbage.
0: I will not have my listeners read uh, propaganda I have no garbage. have not propaganda. Carpenters before. That, that is
13: fact. Henry Ford even said that they were authentic. And he published <laughs> well, he- them, Mr. Ford. He, knew, you he are knew the so Jewish absurd. <laughs> Henry Ford was a rabid anti-Semite. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you or do you not believe that Goldman Sachs wields tremendous power on Wall Street? And do you do not believe that our Zionist-occupied government working with <laughs> Goldman Sachs and the Federal Reserve has enslaved cool. the people on Main Street and the farmers in this country?
0: I That's think that the federal government has enslaved people. There's
13: going to be an agrarian battle in this country. Let me break it down. Ah, oh, raise something.
0: the pitchforks, take let over me, the state statehouse. The farmers. I mean, laugh. this this rhetoric
1: would have been might have been in better <laughs> place in 1910 uh, rather than 2010. Let me, let me you know tell
0: what, you something. Monsanto <laughs> is going to rise up.
1: <laughs> you could laugh all you want.
0: We will Here's laugh, Scott, because you're what's
13: ludicrous. Going on. <laughs> And you're a bigot. Jews caused 9 Iraq, Afghanistan right. That's
2: terrorism. That's enough. Ha- Thanks for the call. I guess the Jews did everything bad that ever happened right. in the world. Right, and Jews could
0: never possibly be farmers or factory workers, according to Scott. I mean, what else do you need to... Pr- it was the only question I had to ask to, uh, to prove how ludicrous he, he is. 800-259-9231. Just lump everybody into a group. They must all be the same. All Jewish people are the same. All Cubans are the same, too, right? All Mexicans, they're all the same people. All Americans, for that matter. All Americans, all the same culture, yeah. Sure, sure. What kind of thing? It's just such surface-level... Thinking. There's not even any real thinking going on there. It's just he heard something about Jews Jews being bad from daddy, I, and uh, and he spent oh, his whole life uh, trying to justify that belief system.
1: I I don't know about his uh, family situation, but I, I know believe that
0: he, he has told I, us on the air before that his dad also had the same uh, bigotry.
1: Now, um, I, I know Scott made it onto uh, Glenn Beck recently, and he, <laughs> I've heard him on. Uh, he
2: made it on the air. Yeah. <laughs> For how long? I don't know.
1: I, I don't. I didn't get that. But I, I he was on wow. the air. And uh, what's it's the What is this? Uh, the Cindy Miller show? Is it Cindy Miller? I, I've got the name wrong. Um, Stephanie Miller.
0: Stephanie. Yeah. Stephanie yeah.
1: Miller. Miller show. He's hot. Um, she he was on that one too. I think he stays home all day and calls radio
0: <laughs> shows. Just a guess. Maybe he's on welfare. I don't know. I don't. In Massachusetts, it probably wouldn't be that hard to get on and stay on. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. But he brings up this term populism, just real quick. Uh, populism is pretty much meaningless, isn't it?
2: Well, I mean, so sort of. of. It, it, it has connotations in American political history.
0: I mean, I'm looking here, uh, grassroots democracy, working class activism, well, egalitarianism. The,
2: the, the best uh, – Wikipedia is offering a definition here that fits how I understand it from mm-hmm. from my study of U.S. history. And it's defined either as an ideology, a political philosophy, or a mere type of discourse. It is a type of political social thought which juxtaposes the people with the elites. So you have two groups of people. Populism tends to talk about the idea of having the common people, the factory worker, the farmer, pitted against moneyed interests and the government and... And that kind of thing. Still,
0: I under that I understand, but it doesn't actually stand for anything. Sort of like so many Not movements, really. they don't really it doesn't really stand for anything. It's just whatever whoever it is calling themselves a populist wants to say. Populism is right, pretty much. <laughs> All right, toll-free numbers 9231 You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. They include archives right there on the front page of the website. You just click and download, going back for an entire year, as a matter of fact. All free for you at freetalklive.com. And I want to tell you about a great place for you to go and get knobs and pulls, interknobs.com. Yeah, interknobs.com.
1: We got uh, – my wife and I got uh, our knobs and pulls from uh, interknobs.com. And if uh, you're looking to spruce up the bathroom or the uh, the kitchen, this is a great place to go get them. Um, it's The prices are significantly lower. It's a wholesale website. So – you know, look at them at the big box stores or the specialty stores. But before you buy, go to internobs.com. You'll find them there. They'll be significantly cheaper. And if you use code FTL, you'll save 11% additionally off of uh, the already low price. They also have a closeout section that's 50 to 80% off of uh, the basically, you know, clearance uh, prices. And you can get the 11% off that too. It's internobs.com code FTL.
0: Toll-free numbers 800-259-9231. We go to the amp lines where Ted is on the line from the woods. Ted. Hey there. You're on the air.
7: This is Ted Benjamin.
0: Hey there, Ted. What's on your mind tonight?
7: Man, I want to talk about... But last night, you talking about that Avatar movie? That's right. You said something about people watching it and getting confused.
0: They're getting sad. Some people are very sad. They have sad lives. And so they use uh, Avatar as an excuse to, uh, well, to con- consider suicide because they wanted to be part of the Na'vi, uh, the uh, the race of alien uh, creatures. Uh, the, blue people. The blue people in the movie, yeah. Man,
7: well, uh, I-, I got a little confused and I watched that movie, but that was mainly because of that hot Sigourney Weaver with a tail.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> they did something special with her thighs that they didn't do with the rest of the blue critters, and I I noticed that
0: the whole movie too. Oh
7: I noticed that too, my friend. Oh yeah.
0: Sigourney <laughs> oh, was uh, looking good, I must say, was... as the uh, as the avatar. I mean, they essentially they they set her age a good thirty years younger she than she actually is. She looked a lot better
2: is. as the avatar, yeah, yeah, that's for
0: sure.
7: No, I, I didn't know if the, I didn't know that it was possible to make Sigourney Weaver look any damn better, and they sure as hell did it.
0: They sure did, Tex. I mean Ted. That's uh, Ted. Yeah, Ted, I got it. So what's uh, what else, man? Right, what else now, do you want to say?
7: What else? Okay, Mark. Last night he offered me to come live in his backyard, and I'm there, man. I'll be there <laughs> next week, brother. What
1: do you charge for that, Mark? I, I have no idea. There's you got a, a big backyard. There's. A, it's, it's, I'm talking about the property behind my property, and it's a big giant. Uh, uh, well, gravel, how can you
0: charge somebody to, I'm not gonna. Char- oh, okay. Yeah, you can go live there. It'll be fun. I don't know if the gravel right, pit. I right, don't,
7: right right man. Free is. I like free. Free I is like for free me a lot.
0: Ted, anything else you got? It was a good call. Huh? No,
7: y'all have a good chat. Yeah, it Thanks was a go good call, Ted. You.
0: Thank you for it. I like the, uh, the comment about the tail. That was funny. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. And you know what? Uh, since we're here, actually tonight, all three of the hosts have seen Avatar. Last night we had Guard on the show. He has not yet seen it. But nonetheless, we did talk about the issue of these folks being uh, the, these sad, sad, pathetic people whose lives uh, they believe are so awful Uh, And the world that they live in is so terrible that uh, they they want to escape into Avatar and and, commit suicide. It was just pathetic. Uh, But there's more. There are actually
2: people killing themselves over that?
0: No, there are people posting on message boards around the Internet about how bummed out they are about their crappy life after they saw what their lives could be on Pandora. Uh, which is the planet uh, that uh, that Avatar takes place on? For those that haven't seen the film, uh, we're not going to spoil anything here to tell you that pretty much what you see in the the trailer, and that is that essentially a group of uh, natives on this planet Pandora are being threatened by the human aliens that come in, and they want to take the mineral deposits that are underneath the uh, the natives' property. And that's where the conflict in the film comes in. And it's actually the movie is about the transition. I love Stefan. By the way, Stefan Molnu did a fantastic review of Avatar on his YouTube channel. And I highly recommend it. He talks about how really what the movie to him was was about, besides the whole property rights issue, was about the transition of a marine, you know, this hardcore, badass kind of character to somebody who can empathize with uh, the plight of these uh, the native people, and really that was kind of the character arc that uh, that the main character goes through uh, during the film. Because in the beginning he starts out as you know somebody who's working for the the military complex to uh, get on the inside, and by the end, well, that changes quite a bit. So uh, there's more Avatar news here. We'll get to it in a moment. John is in New Jersey right now. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John in New Jersey. Going once. John is gone. Looks like John is gone. 800-259-9231. So here's the news speaking of Marines. According to CBS in Chicago, it's a Titanic battle and it's the 3D it's in the 3D of reality, a Chicago alderman versus avatar. 11th Ward A James Balser believes the new the new blockbuster movie is anti-military and anti-American. You think? Balser is a decorated Marine veteran of the Vietnam War, and now he's going into battle against the film that may turn out to be the biggest moneymaker of all time. He hates the film's message, and he's not alone. In the movie, an army of mercenaries led by a villainous Marine invades the idyllic planet of Pandora and goes after the peaceful blue creatures who live there over deposits of a precious mineral. Balzer says the film makes Marines look like lunatics, in reality, he said, "We are a good, generous country that helps people." Well, well that's a true statement. I to, mean, generally, uh, Americans are very generous and and helpful, but to be, the Marines don't help people.
2: And to be fair, uh, he's really he misses the point in the movie that it's not the, the the military that's doing the fighting for this company. These are mercenaries, and they say you know you they're find out pretty military. quickly that they're most of them are former military. But you don't have to be a genius to figure out that. It's sort of supposed to be analogous to Blackwater or one of these companies that we're using, we... U.S. government is using currently in Iraq.
1: I just got uh, – I, I do think that Marines attempt to help people with uh, Toys for Tots and things like that, um, but I think that their job is to kill people, and yep. when it's your job to kill people, that you tend to get um, sort of ex- – it, it's going to draw, a, it's gonna draw a, a sort of person that wants to kill people. And <laughs> Most people
2: I know who signed up for the Marines didn't have a problem with the idea of shooting somebody. I, I, you you know. don't sign up for the Marines if you have a problem with the idea of shooting somebody <laughs> right. because that's your job.
0: Balzer's not the only critic blasting Avatar for its point of view. There's also conservative activist Tom Roser. Roser said, This is the only time I ever sat in the theater where people were cheering the forest and the blue people, attacking ex-Marines. Asked if the film is anti-American, anti-military, Balzer said, Well, they never mentioned America, but when you have the eagle, globe, and anchor, the Marine Corps emblem, it has to be America. And indeed, there were some definite uh, snipes at American foreign policy in the film. Uh, They mentioned the term shock and awe directly in the movie. So clearly there's some uh, analogies being drawn between the assault on the the natives of this planet and what's happening with the American military here.
2: And the thing about it is, in the movie, these ex-marines, ex-military people, they were the aggressors. Yes. They were, you know— If you have aggressors who are killing innocent people, I don't care whether they're U.S. Marines or not. If you're invading somebody else's home to take what they have and you're killing them, then you should probably be rooting for the natives who are trying to protect what's theirs. Just because you have a particular flag flying over your head doesn't mean you, you know you're fighting on the side of God or on the side of what's right.
0: But that's what these people believe. That's you're what absolutely believe. right. That's if, what... if
2: you're a U.S. Marine, then regardless of who we're told to kill, we're gonna kill them, and you better be rooting for us because we're the U.S. Marine Corps. Right. But and it... I think that that's a that's misplaced loyalties. I,
1: I would hope that Americans look at the situation and decide who's right and who's wrong, and and you know what what is proper, and um you know and don't just root for the military because the government tell, told them to go over there and kill.
0: The film critic for the, right, uh, the right-wing Weekly Standard calls the film blitheringly stupid and among the dumbest movies I've ever seen. Others have attacked it for its super-environmentalism and what is perceived as an anti-Christian slant
1: anti-christian.
0: So, I guess it's anti-christian because oh, there's a, they believe everything's connected there's a false and, god uh, involved. There's the, yeah, they've Gaia, got their own god, Mother Earth yeah, god, yeah. basically. They
1: have different religious beliefs. Yeah. It's not a So, Christian it must be anti-christian. So anti-Christian. Right. Well, but if Jesus didn't go over there and die on a cross for their sins, they have, why would they why would they be Christians? I mean, were they supposed to have heard about it from Earth? <laughs>
0: Toll free numbers 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can comment on Avatar or whatever's on your mind in these remaining moments. Coming up, this is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll free at 800 259 9231. SACL CAI toll free line tonight. It's Ian with you and Nick and Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Start your shopping at amazon.freetalklive.com. Dozens of categories, free Super uh, super Saver shipping on a whole lot of the brand-new items there. You can even buy used if you need to. Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we continue, I believe John is back with us in New Jersey. We're going to try him again. John, you're back on Free Talk Live.
14: Yeah, how you doing, guys?
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
14: Well, you about your last caller. Uh, the anti-Semite
0: kind of guy. Oh, I thought you meant Ted in the woods. Okay, go ahead.
14: Well, no, you Scott. Know, He he had a viewpoint, and now your show's called Free Talk Live. That's right. And this, you were laughing at him and mocking at him, Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't let him talk.
0: Oh, no! we've we've talked to Scott so many times, he calls uh, almost every single night... So we he's had plenty of time to talk on this program. In fact, we actually held Scott through a break and uh, and had a conversation with him. And uh, he did have time to talk. He got out some ludicrous points about how he you know he thinks the Jews are controlling the world and all Jews are evil. And that uh, we asked him the question about does he believe that Jews can be uh, factory workers, and he said no. So there was some conversation there. And yes, then we laughed him off the air because he's absolutely absurd. But that's not free talk, though. It's, oh, know, yes, it you're, is. You're free to call in and bring up anything that you want to. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to get any certain amount of airtime on this program.
14: But you're censoring him with your laughter and mocking. It's, he's not getting his viewpoint out. He, he's being... Did you not understand not,
0: what his viewpoint was? I did, but well, I Well, then didn't he got it I, out, didn't he? He managed to spew know. a bunch of hate onto the airwaves, and we allowed it to happen. And we laughed at him and made fun of him because that's what he deserves. How long do you think a show
1: that, like what you're talking about, where people could get on and grandstand and say whatever they wanted without any kind of check or balance uh, for as long as they want? How long, how many stations do you think that show would get on and how long do you think it would last?
14: I, I Probably not too long. I have to agree with you there. But okay. you still, free speech is free speech.
0: How was it? No, no. Well, I think you're a little confused about something. Free speech is guaranteed by the First Amendment of the Constitution of the United States. Now, the Constitution of the United States is a document that the government is supposed to follow. It's a document of rules setting up uh, the the boundaries, if you will, which of course they ignore completely. But uh, in theory, setting up the boundaries for the government, it doesn't set up boundaries on private individuals and private property. And this is a radio show. This is uh, private property. It's my show, and I get to set the rules, and I've set the rules to where it's called Free Talk Live. We let anybody call in about virtually anything. There are certain things we can't allow people to call and say simply because we have 60 plus radio affiliates and if we let somebody, you know, drop the F-bomb over the airwaves, there's a chance we'll have you know, less than 60 the next day. So we have a dump machine installed here. We didn't use the dump machine on Scott's call. We We asked him questions. He was allowed to talk about what he wanted to talk about. It seems to be your complaint is that he wasn't allowed to talk for as long as you thought he might have should have been allowed to talk
14: well and yeah no, I mean, his viewpoints were not what they sh- you know he didn't get everything out that he wanted to you'll get never out. get you everything
0: think- out that you want to get out on talk radio because usually there are other people that want to say something and there are other things to talk about and as mark asked you if we just allowed everybody to call in and get everything out that they wanted to get out why would we even be here it wouldn't be a conversation then would it
14: But Yeah, it wasn't a conversation. He was laughed
1: at and mocked. It was a conversation. We asked him questions. He answered the questions. He was laughed at toward the end of his call.
2: We had a conversation prior to that. People get mocked in conversations.
1: I mean, really, you have to... um, I mean, you know, it's free talk live, which means that they're free to talk, and we're free to talk. It doesn't mean
0: you get to free talk live. We get to talk, too. Have we been having a conversation here, by the way, John, you and I? Why why don't you call it free laugh live? Are we laughing at you, John? Have we Um, laughed at... Have we laughed at uh, the other callers tonight?
14: Any minute now. <laughs> I
0: laughed laughing. at Ted when he called from the woods because he made a joke that was funny. <laughs> that was worth laughing at. Scott is a bigot and he's despicable, and he will be—he uh, will be laughed at because I mean, people like that deserve that, sir. Don't you agree? No, no. So I don't. So would I you would you describe yourself as a bigot? Is that is that why you're so upset about that?
14: Uh, no, but I no? want some. Has an
0: opinion to express it. Okay. Well, I, I, I think that here's
1: the here's the way you find out people's opinions though. Um, the, you you have to you have to ferret out someone's opinion by asking questions. So is it okay that we ask questions, or is it not okay that we laugh? I mean, where where did we go
2: off the rails here, man? Well, when you started
14: laughing at him and well, not letting
2: him talk and mocking well, him. It wouldn't be talk radio if there wasn't some kind of a debate going on, and. Well, there's not it's,
0: always a debate going on, it,
2: but. Generally, there is. I mean, it's free talk live because there are issues to be discussed. If you have a radio show where people call in and you don't, you don't disagree with them, then you're not really doing a show. You're just letting people talk to you well, about whatever they want. Well, no, he's saying are. you just can't laugh. So we can
0: disagree, but we can't laugh if we think something's absurd? I'm saying you shouldn't laugh. Oh well, I can oh, no. tell you, I'm a, I'm a human being, and if I find something uh, amusing to me, like the the absurdity of grouping all people, uh, group, grouping all of uh, p- people into groups uh, as Scott does, and the ludicrousness of his claim that uh, that you know Jewish people c- couldn't possibly be uh, lowly factory workers, uh, yeah, that that's absurd to me, and I'm going to laugh at it, and I'm not going to hold back because somebody like you thinks it's this, wrong.
2: This is probably the only, I mean, this is probably the only show where a call like Scott's would be number one not screened out in the first place and number two allowed to go on not only during one segment but held over into a commercial break so he could make his point just but i mean because he's called in so many times we it's understood what his viewpoint is and no one else would allow that to be heard at all on free talk live he can call on tomorrow night and he probably will and the next <laughs> yeah. night and he probably will so even if he gets laughed at and shut down apparently scott doesn't mind because he, he keeps, keeps calling, calling back in, and he has been for months well
14: good for him because he's not going to—he he wants his viewpoint out there, and that's the point.
1: John, now if I made some ludicrous statement while while we're talking, like for instance, all people from New Jersey's are mindless nimrods, or something like that. <laughs> what if I made some stupid statement like that? Would it be okay if you laughed at me? Note, by the way, my co-hosts laughed at when I when I said that.
14: You're, you're judging his opinion, and it may not be wrong. It may be. That may didn't be true. answer.
1: The that's question. not the answer to the question. That's that's the answer to the question. Uh, should I laugh at uh, him? Um, the the question I asked you is if I make some stupid statement like that, is okay for you to laugh at me?
14: I well, wouldn't necessarily laugh at you. I may laugh, but it wouldn't be at you.
1: Well, uh, I'm I, I'm just trying to figure Dodging out the whether it goes one way or the other here. Um, whether I'm I'm the only one that has to be, you know nice to bigots or whether um, the callers have to be nice to me, in which case I want to know how you're going to enforce this rule when callers aren't uh, nice to me and uh, don't laugh and and laugh at me when I make ludicrous statements. Well,
14: now you're you're judging them by calling them a bigot. Oh, he's a bigot. He's a
1: bigot.
14: He's a racist. He'll admit that he's a racist. If you
1: say that all Jews, da, da 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 da, you're a bigot. All black people do this, and all you know Mexicans do that. You're a bigot. That's the definition.
0: He'll admit being a racist. He's admitted it before. Is this your first well, time listening, John? No, no, I I listen to your guys all the time. And then, so you must have heard him before, right?
14: I I am not sure. I may have, I may not have. When you
0: say all the time, what does that mean? Well,
1: three four nights a week. Three or four nights a week. Okay. Right. I can hardly imagine that you haven't heard from um, heard Scott the Biggest.
0: I suppose it's a possibility that he happened to listen at the right times. Do you listen to the, the full show three or four nights a week, or just portions? Pretty much the full show. Okay. Well, maybe you just haven't been paying close enough attention. He's been one of the more prolific chronic callers in recent days.
14: Well, and he has a right to do that, doesn't
0: he? He has a right to because I allow that. He doesn't have a right to do anything on this show beyond the rules that we set for this program. Do you understand that? There's no free speech here. It's just an illusion. Does that make sense to you?
14: So your whole show is an illusion? Now you're admitting something totally other.
1: No, no, it's no. a real. The show's a reality. That's why we're talking. The show's real. We're here having but, a conversation. It's called we'll Free Talk you- Live. That's the shtick because you can call in about anything you want to call about, Pretty much. and we'll talk to you about whatever that is, even if it is that Jews control the world or something like that. Or, they're all geez. evil, and none of them, uh, none of them are farmers. Um, you know, we'll talk to you about that if that's what you want to talk about. But the idea that you can stand there. Are you hitting a bong? That's
0: <laughs> not a cell phone noise. <laughs> what that is?
1: Um, the idea that you can call in about anything and then just say whatever you want for as long as you want and give a seminar to our callers. Uh, or li- our yeah. listeners excuse me it's just not going to happen
0: so yeah thank you for the call tonight john appreciate hearing from you and when i say it's it's an illusion it's that what well, we call a well, free talk live because it's as darn close to free talk uh on the radio that you can get as you're pointing out nick you can't get through with most topics on most talk show uh talk shows out there
2: no and once you bring up a topic like that virtually everywhere you're going to be shut down pretty quickly and yeah. it, you'll be treated much more harshly than that and Point of fact, you wouldn't have to take radio calls on this radio show if you didn't want to. You wouldn't have to take any. But that's the point of the show. It's true. Exactly. And we are out of time.
0: So now we don't have any more free talk because we've only got about 15 more seconds in which to do it. It's been Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at
6: freetalklive.com.